Hey friends, Alabama West Florida has been showing me some love lately and I've been enjoying reporting on them. It's always helpful to learn about a different context and of course there's a lot about each annual conference that applies in, in other places. I just recently did a report on Alabama West Florida as they lost almost half of their annual conference to disaffiliations. And uh, then I did a report, uh, well a correction to that report because I, I didn't spend proper time and attention on some things or I needed to correct uh, false impressions. One of the things that I need to correct now is uh, the false impression I gave that Bishop Graves is um, interested in a fair, even-handed exit process for conservative churches, as I had been told by many people there up until, well, that's what this report is about, up until very recently, he has been relatively fair. He's said he wants to help churches get where they need to go. He said that um, um, other caucus groups are welcome to come present at um, local churches, even if they aren't affili affiliated with the conference. He really seemed to be, you know, he, he publicly decried um, churches using it as a, a property exchange or a way to um, get power. But even so, you know, he, he allowed churches to follow their consciences and leave. Um, that's changing now. And what, you know, we could say maybe it's not Bishop Graves, maybe it's a board of trustees, but I think it's pretty widely known that in pretty much every annual conference, the board of trustees follows the lead of their given bishop. So um, in this article updated on May 11th, 2023, the, the title of the article is, quote, Division is of the Devil, United Methodist Bishop Says as 193 Churches Disaffiliate. Uh, this is a, a decent article written up about the bishop and his rhetoric. Um, just as a, a sample, I'd like to use scripture to tell you to behave and become better Christians and love each other more, Graves said, for division is of the devil. Graves said that the church should focus on Jesus and his mission on earth, which includes exercising demons from the church and our lives. And yes, there are principalities of the world that are walking into our churches each and every day. Satan is at work against the church, Graves suggested. Your hopes have been truly crushed by Satan's manifested schemes, Graves said. If we don't believe in spiritual warfare, we better get in tune, friends. Now, um, there's, uh, of course, he's right. That there is spiritual warfare going on all the time, and the church has been beset by Satan since day one. Even so, um, conservatives are leaving because they believe that the UMC has pretty much been given over to the forces of this world and that the institution no longer has the discernment to identify the enemy uh, within that seeks to undo it. So people like me would say that um, the cause of social justice uh, the social justice warrior is the hostile invader into this denomination that was established to spread scriptural holiness across the land. Bishop Graves would identify the enemies actually as those who have taken offense to the presence of the social justice warrior community and are wanting to leave. He's saying that we are under the uh, thrall of Satan. So this is a really problematic position for a bishop to take. And uh, very soon after um, annual conference ended, a new trustees policy was released that you should see on the screen now. It was updated on the 5th of this month. I've gotten no fewer than five emails about it from different people 
who are very uh, concerned and upset by this because this is a complete change of tack for reasons that, that we're going to see. I'm going to read through it. I'm not going to read every single word, uh, but we're going to focus on some of the really problematic approaches here and the hostility that it's almost certainly going to cause in the remaining months of this year because, as you recall, paragraph 2553 is the only paragraph, according to the Judicial Council, that can be used for disaffiliations at the moment. And um, whenever you have a strict interpretation of it, then no conservative churches can get out, except for maybe if you do interpret it some ways that we'll talk about. Paragraph 2548.2, the previous provision for disaffiliation was ruled by the Judicial Council in decision 1449, said it cannot be used for disaffiliation anymore. I'll have a link to that, that decision here. It says uh, the process in paragraph 2548.2 may not be used as a pathway for local churches to disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church. So 2553 is the only path. You'll also see in this document that um, 2549 also applies here. So up at the top, you should see it highlighted. It's the disaffiliation policy and paragraph 2549 exit policy updated here. So these stipulations, the only stipulations for disaffiliating from the denomination are now under this strict process here that very much flies in the face of what had been done before. Now, um, you might recall that there was a Judicial Council decision that we do not need to inquire about the um, state of the conscience, the reasons of conscience as to why it is that a church is disaffiliating. That was in paragraph, let's see, or no, in decision number 1476. And of course, we'll have links to this in the bottom of this email. Um, the Judicial Council will not question the reasons of conscience behind a church's decision to disaffiliate and will uphold a Board of Trustees or annual conference decision not to question that church's decision uh, to disaffiliate. So it's already been established that annual conferences, boards of trustees do not need to question the reasons of conscience, why it is a local church wants to disaffiliate. For that reason, a lot of conservative churches have just said, we want to disaffiliate, and then the conference says, okay, we, we don't need to ask about that. Complete sea change here. That's what seemed to have been going on before. Now it's over. So um, let's let's dive into this document a little bit. We'll do a little bit of analysis, but if, if all you wanted was the cliff notes of this, it's that the bishop has been exposed as, as not being at all sympathetic with conservative churches, not at all being able to legitimate their reasons for leaving. There are no other reasons acceptable other than you have a liberal position on human sexuality and you want to leave because you don't like what's in the Book of Discipline, unless there might be wiggle room in there. So I'm going to talk about that. Um, I think those are the two key points to take away here. The The conference seems to be entrapping another 50 to 80 churches that want to leave. In my original reporting on this, I asked several people how many uh, churches were in the disaffiliation process, which, by the way, even if they've begun it, now this makes them go back to the beginning. This applies to all churches in the process. They're all going to have to go through this again before the final special called conference at the end of this year. All right, let's look at this, this uh, document. So point one, the decision to disaffiliate from the denomination is solemn and consequential. As such, the process to be followed shall be careful, thoughtful, respectful, and prayerful. The importance of clear, accurate, 
respectful, man, how many times have we seen that word respectful, and transparent communication and information dissemination, broad involvement and diligent and proper execution is paramount. Point two, eligibility for exercising paragraph 2553, limited right of disaffiliation. A local church is allowed to exercise a limited right established in paragraph 2553 of the Book of Discipline to disaffiliate from the denomination only for reasons of conscience under the conditions stated in paragraph 2553.1, which reads, and if, if you've been a part of this, you know this language. I'm going to skip this language. The following changes in the requirements and provisions of the Book of Discipline relating to the practice of homosexuality, the ordination or marriage of self-avowed practicing homosexuals, were resolved and adopted by the 2019 conference. It has all these different provisions in reference. They just line out all the language around homosexuality in the church. Paragraph 2553 requires that at least two-thirds of the professing members present at a church conference properly held under the discipline have actual reasons of conscience regarding either one, one or more of the above-listed changes in the requirements and provisions of the Book of Discipline related to the practice of homosexuality or the ordination of marriage of self-practiced avowed homo self-avowed homosexuals or two, the subsequent actions or inactions by the Alabama West Florida Conference related to issues of human sexuality. So I'm going to I'm going to camp out on point two here. I'm going to take a quick breather because I've been going really fast. I'm sorry. Actions or inactions is the key phrase here, and this is where a lot of conservative friends of mine did not feel like they were lying on the way out the door as they uh, utilized this pr provision. They said, when uh, we have a connectional United Methodist Church framework, and we have parts of the church that are in open rebellion against the Book of Discipline, we have agents of the church responsible for protecting that discipline, bishops who are actually bishops of the whole church, and the bishops and administration of our given region have not corrected, called up on charges, intervened in the events of bishops and entire jurisdictions or conferences or boards of ordained ministry being an open rebellion against us. When they haven't acted on that, that is called an inaction. And so whenever your own annual conference has refused to act, has been inactive in correcting um, bad discipline, disorderly walkers, then to my mind, that makes you eligible for paragraph 2553. In my own former annual conference here in Oklahoma, I got out, my, the DS got to choose whether or not uh, you had to explain your reasons of conscience. I got out right before all the DSs were requiring churches to spell out your specific re reasons. I knew of other clergy and churches, uh, other churches that were asked and told, you have to state your reasons of conscience. And when they said part of our reasons of conscience is that our bishop and our leadership have not corrected the rebellion of other parts of the church, they were flatly told that reason does not apply. End of conversation. You're going to give us another reason or we're not going to let you go. So they had to come up with other reasons that um, they felt good about and that fit, and I don't remember all the particulars of that. Um, so anyway, what what... One of my big questions here is, you know, the first one was, are they really going to make this apply to paragraph 2549 as well? If so, then I don't see the point of it. Um, and the reason I ask that is because 2549 is at the top of this document. But the second question is, um, are they going to allow this explanation of 
the inactions of this. You know, they'll, they'll say it has to be about this annual conference. Well, it is the inactions of your annual conference. Will that be an acceptable reason? If not, I'm of the mind, I'll say it very plainly right now, and I'll say it a few more times as we go through this, I don't think there is any way for conservatives to exit without lying several times and completely jeopardizing their integrity. I think this has made it impossible for conservatives who take honest speech seriously to get out. I, I think you have been effectively entrapped. The foregoing provisions of this article two shall be included verbatim in the district superintendent's call for a church conference pursuant to section c of article six below the church conference of the local church that seeks to disaffiliate must adopt a statement of eligibility that demonstrates the current and specific disagreements that the local church has with the 2019 book of discipline i've i've not heard of this before i'm sure it's been in other conferences but a state adopt officially a statement of eligibility this statement must specifically say what, quote, change in the requirements and provisions related to the practice of homosexuality or ordination of marriage uh, delineated above reasons of conscience. Uh, it's got to say all that stuff out loud that we've already talked about. Eligibility cannot be based on other reasons not specified in paragraph 2553. So remember, 2548.2 has already been outlawed. You can't use it for disaffiliation. That means that now you cannot disaffiliate from the United Methodist Church in this annual conference unless you are a liberal who cannot stand the language in the Book of Discipline. So if, if that is not you, they will not let you go. They're saying it flat out here, you cannot go. doesn't matter what your theology is, what your conscience says, you cannot go. If such provisions are included in the call for uh, a church conference, and if the resolutions and motions for disaffiliation are required pursuant to Section C, blah, 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 two-thirds of professing members present at church conference held fairly, then the local church shall be deemed eligible after cabinet and conference trustees approve. Does, does this sound like a process that you think you could honestly get through? They're going to spend several more pages explaining a process that is very difficult. They're going to require at several different junctures that you sign in writing different statements. Uh, what happened at 2019 was conservatives won, and the liberals were supposed to go, and they stayed, and they said, we're not going anywhere. Conservatives drafts, drafted legislation for uh, liberals to go, and they didn't know about um, uh, the cost of the pension liabilities or unfunded pension liabilities or any of that. It was a gracious exit. But then when the liberals wouldn't leave, the conservatives said, okay, we'll leave. But then the liberals took over, had already taken over the levers of power, and now they're making it nigh impossible in lots of places to disaffiliate. What do you think the end, what's the end goal here? What do you think is going to happen? You know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to read, uh, I, I asked for analysis from somebody in that conference. He said, uh, we predicted that the Board of Trustees and the conference would seek to restrict or shut down this process for the future, and now they have made a major policy change to their own processes, which they set up. Now that they have managed to remove all the conservative traditional members from the Board of Trustees, that's something I talked about in my original reporting, they've done exactly what we thought they would try to do. It will be very difficult for churches to go through the disaffiliation process under these new policies which have longer timelines and many more restrictions. Since the conference has now lost 236 churches that have disaffiliated, and there are only 286 churches left in the conference, uh, 
the leadership is now circling the wagons to save what is left and further prevent more churches from having a fair and open discernment process, which would lead to a vote to disaffiliate. This is clearly not following the publicly stated wishes of the bishop, quote, that he wants every church to get to the place where they feel called to be, whether that be in the UMC or someplace else. Uh, you know, if we want to talk about what's of the devil, lying is of the devil. And so whenever the bishop is saying that phrase and yet constructing all of these hurdles for getting out, it's very difficult to, to strain your, squint your eyes enough so that the, this doesn't look like dishonest speech. I did ask for a comment from um, the Board of Trustees Chair, Olivia Poole, and this is her response. She said, thank you for your email. In the April Judicial Council... In April, the Judicial Council released a ruling which addressed our annual conference's Board of Trustees. The ruling is Judicial Council Decision 1476. That's the one I just showed you saying that conferences and boards of trustees don't have to inquire about the stated reason, the reasons of conscience. Following this decision, we have sought to clarify the process for churches seeking to disaffiliate under paragraph 2553. This will bring greater integrity to the process in accordance with the Book of Discipline. In the upcoming weeks, we will provide educational opportunities for congregations seeking to exit under paragraph 2553. Grace and peace, uh, Dr. Poole. I also reached out to, to Bishop Graves. I'm going to check my inbox, see if I've heard back from him. Uh, no, I haven't. So here what they're saying is uh, we need to have integrity. We got a bunch of lying conservatives. She's not saying this. This would be how I interpret it lying conservatives who've been using paragraph 2553 when it was designed for liberals, we're going to put an end to that. We're going to help them maintain their integrity. And that would make sense if the institution hadn't already lost its integrity by allowing people to remain in good standing who clearly don't care about the doctrines and disciplines of the United Methodist Church. But it's, it's the pot calling the kettle black whenever they're saying, we're, you have no integrity. The whole reason we're in this mess is because you don't have integrity. And so, you know, you got the two Spider-Men pointing at each other. I, I should get rid of that mental image. But it's just not helpful to hold on to each other. If you remember that Chris Ritter article, I don't remember what it's called. I've cited it several times. He says, this is like a Nickelback concert that nobody wants to be at. The music is starting to play. They've got one exit door in the back, and only the most committed can get out. And if you're not committed enough or if you miss the deadline, you're just trapped in this concert. You don't want to be at uh, TJ, remind me, and we'll put that in the, the show notes as well. It's a good article. You should read that article. And that's what's going on here. They've let enough conservatives out that they probably won't prevail in a majority-voted annual conference. They're just entrapping the rest. And um, I, I think what they're counting on is conservatives just being cowed, voting with their feet and leaving, and then inheriting all these properties that they can liquidate and sell for the ongoing sustaining of the annual conference. That's, I think, this. that's what makes sense to me. The thing, of course, that ruins that is if conservative churches now band together and file suit against the annual conference, uh, and it looks like they might have a, a better chance of that in Alabama than in Florida. So um, go back to my original reporting on this and the Dothan Church and their suit. Um, all eyes will probably be watching that, but uh, conservatives, you know, it's of, you know, it's already becoming clear to me. I can't walk through this whole document and keep this segment very short. If you don't band together, then you're pretty much going to have to say goodbye to your property because um, there doesn't seem to be any way out. 
I know the bishop has been saying that after this year ends, uh, paragraph 2549 can still be used for disaffiliation. I think what this policy is now showing is, sure, hypothetically, 2549 can still be used, but they're going to make it just as strict and hard to get out. They don't want, they're not going to let you go. So either you've got to fight your way out or you've got to just vote with your feet and leave. Um, and I don't, I don't think there's shame in either way, but to continue to entertain that, hey, the, the conference is acting in good faith and they'll let us out if, if we really want out. No, they're saying it doesn't matter how much you want it. It doesn't matter what reasons you have. If it's not these explicit reasons stated here in the way that we interpret it, then you can't get out. Let's read just a little bit more, and then we'll, we'll, we'll end this segment. Uh, part three, procedures. The local church may enter into the disaffiliation process after a majority of church council votes to proceed under paragraph 2553. The church council must adopt an eligibility statement. This statement must specifically say what, quote, change in the requirements and provisions of the Book of Discipline related to all this language delineated above or the reasons of conscience related to actions or inactions. And I, you see, I have written to the side here, they have to do this before discernment? Like they can't even enter discernment until they have stated the, those reasons? That makes no sense to me. So like before you even go through this educational period, you've already got to have just the right language or they're not going to let you through. Uh, I'm, I'll just read some other highlighted portions that I, I found uh, useful. The local church is prohibited from taking another vote to enter into the disaffiliation discernment process for one calendar year when, if a church considers a motion to entertain the discernment process and the motion fails to receive a majority vote. So if you bring it to the board, they take a vote, it doesn't get a majority, you can't even talk about it for another year. And guess what? These provisions don't apply next year. So (laughs) you're trapped. Um, So, and then of, of course, all this is on a timeline is saying this discernment period will be at least 75 days during which you got to have at least one town hall meeting led by the district superintendent. Uh, they stack the deck in favor. You got another representative of the United Methodist Church that's going to be there. Um, then you have a 40 day period of congregation wide prayer and fasting mandated. Local church shall provide a complete list with full names. That's actually par for the course now to give all your membership and contact information. Distribution of information or writing um, shall be sent out. And yeah, that's pretty much par for the course as well. And then this information gets mentioned a couple times in this document, not defined. I think anything that is not from the United Methodist Church officially is going to be considered disaffiliation or disinformation. Um, so the discernment process shall not include disinformation. References to seeking disaffiliation because of financial opportunity, to own your own building. We already know Bishop Graves has a problem with that. And it will not include alternatives to staying United Methodist. There will be no presentations by other groups, denominations, churches, or individuals representing these entities. Uh, The decision to disaffiliate is not a choice between alternatives. It's a limited right. Any church violating these restrictions may become ineligible to disaffiliate. So as you make your way through here, what becomes very clear is if at any point you misstep, they can call the whole process off. They're, they retain that right. The DS is given a lot of um, leeway in this to determine the hearts and minds of local churches. Um, it stipulates some reasons, some things that he or she should look for, but it also says it's not limited to that. A, a, a DS can, for any reason, cancel the disaffiliation process. 
It's not limited to this. You're entirely depending on good faith for superintendents. <coughs> As you go through this process, you must several times attest to the previously adopted eligibility statement. So if you lie on the front end, they're going to make you continue in that lie all throughout. In case it's been not clear up until now, I do not think lying is good uh, for the soul of a church. It, I do not think the ends justify the means. And then you have to have a completed and notarized good faith and fair process form, and it must be received by the district superintendent. Once again, disinformation is, is called up as an issue. Um, you know what? I, I wanted to go through the whole thing. There's a lot of good stuff here. We're going to attach it to the, the show notes here. You can review it for yourself. But in case my opinion is not clear to you, I, I think this is the nail in the coffin of disaffiliation in this annual conference. I, I think that they, they made it all but impossible to get out. So I could be wrong. We'll leave it to Bishop Graves and, and uh, the, the Board of Trustees to clarify anything that I've said that is, is untrue. But if you're a conservative in that annual conference who's not made it out, your church has not made it out, I think you need to be looking at other means of leaving, either just going ahead leaving with your feet or entertaining um, uh, uh, legal action. So I never came down on my own theology around that. I, under, I, I know and love people on both sides of that. It's just a sad place to be in. Um, in the end, I, I, uh, I can't be mad at liberals for being liberal and doing what they do, but I don't think that this, this kind of heavy-handed, coercive behavior is essential for liberalism necessarily. I think there are liberals, even progressives, who can say, hey, let them follow their consciences. Money and property is not the most important thing. And so in the end... I'm not sure it's liberals and progressives to be mad at. I think it's institutionalists, you know, these people that are just so emotionally sentimental about property and buildings and assets and the status that, that they see their conference having and holding. I just think it's toxic, you know. Uh, as uh, uh, Tyler Durden once said, the, the things you own end up owning you. And that's completely true, but if that's not good enough for you, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I think that's what we're seeing as the true treasure of the United Methodist Church. It's wealth and power. It's a sad place to be in. I'm really sad for you guys that are trapped over there. I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's uh, a way for you to follow your consciences and get out. But if I'm right, um, and I think I am, then yeah, you need to pray. You need to organize. You need to communicate. You need to come up with a plan. Uh, or you need to go ahead and get out. Because if you continue to stay with the United Methodist Church, you're lending legitimacy to an organization that, to my mind, at least there, has uh, reneged on any legitimacy they had. So, sad place to be in. Uh, I'll certainly be in prayer for you. Let me know if there's additional coverage that, that needs to be done. Um, if I've misspoken on any of this stuff, if I'm wrong, I will publicly own it. I'll make a video saying I'm an idiot. Um, but if I'm right on this stuff, and I think I am, then I hope you listen to me and act um, before you're trapped. That's just be a, that'd be sad. So anyway, I need to stop talking. Uh, like, share, subscribe. I appreciate all the support. I'll see y'all later.